Welcome to Opening the Door podcast. Join me as we unlock the door to our psychic and mediumship abilities. Today, you're going to hear an interview with Colby. Colby was introduced to me through Anthony, who was on episode one. So you'll hear Anthony mentioned a time or two in this episode. This interview with Colby was so much fun. He's so much fun to talk to and has so many great life and psychic tips in here. So listen all the way through. Also, I just had so many technical difficulties editing this episode. The technology was not agreeing with me this week. So I apologize in advance for any weird little editing things if there are any. Also, I am collecting ghost stories for a special spooky episode at the end of this month. So if you're listening to this episode in real time, it's October 5th. If you have a spooky ghost encounter you want shared on the podcast, you can either email me the written story or email me over a voice memo of yourself telling the story. And there's a good chance that you'll hear it on the podcast. So email me at openingthedoorpodcast at gmail.com with those stories. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Today, we're welcoming Colby, also known as The Wandering Fool, to Opening the Door podcast. The Wandering Fool and Boy Witch Extraordinaire, also known as Colby, is a professional psychic, healer, educator, and spiritual advisor. He is celebrating 10 years of professional service and also started his adventure as a content creator and influencer on the phenomenon known as TikTok, where he brings his unique brand of spirituality practicality and practicality to the masses at the beginning of this year. Colby is a clairvoyant psychic with a deep love of tarot, animal medicine, and a niche form of divination called lithomancy, which is a form of crystal divination. He is a unique and unapologetic spiritualist who likes to keep things grounded and digestible for his clients, even the weird stuff. Colby, welcome to Opening the Door. Hello, 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 hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so excited to have you here. So let's jump right into it. Can you tell me where your psychic journey began? How did you begin and how did you get to where you are in your practice today? Well, we're we're really going to get into it. So not to linger on a sad note, but my story does actually start on a sad note. Back in February of 2011, I lost my partner of five years and it was devastating. It was also the third major loss that I endured in a 10 year span. And my consciousness just kind of broke. And with that, it was like a dam breaking. And I woke up one morning and I I was feeling things and I was sensing things and I didn't know what was going on. And so the first thing I did is I went to church, like just about anybody would do, right? Um, I went to church for about a month trying to find solace and trying to find peace. And what I found was that um, I stuck out like a sore thumb. I didn't feel right there. And mind you, this was a Unitarian church and who's, congregation was probably 65 percent lgbtq plus mm-hmm. so like it was very welcoming that was not the issue in any way shape or form it just wasn't my path and so i went to this place here in florida called casadega which is uh essentially a, a town of psychics and there's the casadega hotel 
Um, and that is where I met Doreen Kelly, who to this day is still my advisor. My first session was her I was not prepared for. And um, basically uh, in that session, the highlights was she told me this is your opportunity to jump on the bus, so to speak, to buckle up and, and take the ride. Um, and so, okay. <laughs> she gave me a couple of things to check out. Uh, you know, she said to, to jump back into crystals because I, I collected crystals as a kid. Now, mind you, at this point, I was 32 years old. I was a super psychic kid. Um, I communicated with my grandfather who had passed away 10 years prior to my birth, um, which my grandfather is like my main guide. I could talk to animals, but of course, you know, a five, six-year-old saying I could talk to animals, it's make-believe. But I still have vivid imagery and memories from those experiences and I can still hear the voice of these animals in my head as I moved into like middle school and the first two years of high school I was getting very much into the paranormal and the metaphysical I bought my first tarot deck when I was 12 I didn't know what I was doing I didn't understand it um my perception tarot's a little bit too mature for a preteen and then my sophomore year, I realized I liked boys. And so the like spiritual stuff kind of got pushed back and then got pushed further back and further back and further back. Yep. Fast forward 20 years and I am grief stricken. And it's a, a first introduction to being empathic. Um, which also I was at this point highly medicated because that's what you do is you medicate for anxiety and depression and, and all of this. I did not know what it was to be empathic. So she set me on my way. I had an amazing first session with her. Uh, she encouraged me to, to look at divination again, like because there were a couple of elements that had been there prior. She's like, let's get you back into what you were familiar with. And so I did. And between my first session with her and my second, I came across this little metaphysical shop in Dunedin, Florida called Enchanted Earth. And very quickly, I, I started going there at least once a week. Uh, this is how I healed. This is how I processed my grief. And there was this group of women that worked there who very quickly embraced me. Um, and there's funny stories behind that. Initially, the, the people on Enchanted Earth had no idea that I, I didn't know what was going on. I went to visit Doreen again. She said to me in that second session, within a year's time, you're going to be working as a professional psychic. And I told her she was full of it. Like... <laughs> That's my, not my journey. Mm -hmm. That's not what my life is about. At this point in my life, I was still slinging coffee. I was in the coffee industry for like 13 years. Um, I was just like, whatever. I, I still adore you, but I just don't see that as my journey. 
16 months later, Enchanted Earth offered me a position as a psychic. Wow. So that was, that was the start of the journey. Uh, when I first started reading professionally, I was still completely and totally green. Um, and I spent the last 10 and a half years just fully immersing myself into all aspects of spirituality and psychic development. I have become not just a spiritual advisor, not just a psychic. I'm also a healer. I'm also an educator. Uh, and even my own spiritual principles, ideals, and interests have evolved, especially through the pandemic. The pandemic was a huge turning point. Great story. Thanks. Yeah, I, that's, I think such a powerful story for people just to hear and, and know that people come to their abilities and spirituality, all different types in, you know, so many different ways. So very cool. You know, when it comes to the spiritual path and stepping into an awakening, coming into your place of enlightenment and awareness, so many people are rooted in trauma in grief, mm-hmm. in pain. It saved my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was in a darkest night of the soul for nine months. And it was horrible. The entire thing was horrible. But something that I, I'm able to acknowledge through the experience is I can actually pinpoint the the occurrence of my full-blown awakening the first one which was on christmas day of 2011 i i was at a crossroads of choosing to continue my life or i believe that i was on the cusp of either uh, a heart attack or a stroke Mm-hmm. Um, something very, very real was happening and there was divine guidance. So I'm still here. So we know which one I chose. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. An absolutely. Very powerful story. Um, what, so this is just sort of a question that's coming up from your story, but what were some of the sort of tools or things that you did to help yourself move through that grief? as you were going through a spiritual awakening at the same time let's talk about the medication first uh and and this is just my story it's it was my journey um i had been medicated for close to 10 years uh i was taking a once daily medication for uh, depression anxiety i had my as needed for depression and anxiety And as my partner was going through his last days, they had upped everything for like three months to get me through it because they were concerned with my own mental and emotional health as well. I was working with crystals and learning about crystals and that that really was a driving point. I was in a position at that point in my life where like I was immersing myself into workshops like uh, on psychic development on crystals. I mean, anything I can get my hands on. I just was eating it up and I was buying books and tools and I was getting into divination. And it's funny 
because at the beginning, when I really started getting inspired, I was thought I was going to be a quote unquote angel reader, whatever that is. <laughs> um, but I fell in love with Tarot again. Um, and the specific deck that got me back into it was Cat Black's uh, Golden Tarot, which is a very Renaissance style deck. So workshops. And then, you know, one of the things that people tend to do uh, when stepping into their, their experience is they want to experience it all. And it becomes overwhelming and we get scattered, we get just uh, unencouraged. I decided to focus on crystals and divination, which I in turn discovered crystal divination. Perfect. Yes, that um, is my next question. I oh, would, yeah, right. I'd love to chat more and tell, please tell me if I'm pronouncing this wrong. Is it lithomancy? I have a magic bag of crystals. Uh, my bag consists of around like 50 different crystals. And there's a couple of repeats. I have a couple of different pieces of rose quartz, a couple of different pieces of pyrite. The crystals are pulled at random. Every crystal has its own individual story. And it's not just like the, the, the technical aspects of the crystal. Like I have um, ruby zoocyte and ruby fuchsite in the back. And what their traditional meanings are is not what they represent in, in my lithomancy bag. They represent crossroads because, you know, are you familiar with those two stones? I am not. Okay, so ruby zoocyte is this contrast of greens and pinks and blacks, and ruby fuchsite is a contrast of greens and whites and pinks. And the contrast always reminded me of like duality and crossroads. And so they became my crossroads stone. I have two pieces of rose quartz, as I mentioned. One is a rose quartz egg. And it represents self-love, self-care, self-worth. Whereas the other piece of rose quartz represents external love, what you are receiving. And so the, the crystals are pulled at random. Either I'm pulling them for the client or the client is pulling their own stones. Uh, the, the story of a crystal can change if it is coupled with another. The sujolite is a stone of manifestation. However, if it's present with malachite, it represents someone who is in the process of movement relocation. Now, all of this information is something that I received through spirit. Back in my period of education and, and learning, um, I was showing off one night because I'm a Libra. And <laughs> I had a little working circle of friends. We were all into the metaphysical world. And so once a week, we would meet up. And we would work on projects together and then do independent study and share. Well, I was the one who really was focusing on crystals. I'm like, hey, let me show you guys what I've learned. And I had them all go round robin grabbing crystals so that I could just go one by one and talk about crystals. And about two people in, one of my oldest and dearest friends, Amy, she's like, you're straight up reading us right now. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, it's a little weird. And so then I went to one of my mentors 
couple of days later, I'm like, hey, I had this experience. I'm telling her about it. And I had my bag of crystals. And she's like, this is called lithomancy. It's not traditional. She's like, let's do it. Let's pull out some crystals and see what happens. And once again, I did a reading. And she's like, you need to incorporate this into your sessions. And so it's so become cool. my niche. Like I'm the only lithomancer in my area. I've only ever met two other lithomancers. And I have taught this as a workshop as well. But it's very personal. You develop a story with the crystals and the bag ever growing. At least once a year, a new stone is going into the bag to to bring about new information. So that's my little answer. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So is that something that you incorporate into like if somebody books a reading with you, it's it's that it's incorporated every time. Yes. Yes, ma'am. For the most part, like 99% of the time, I have a couple of regular clients who they're very much like set in their ways. Mm-hmm. And um, I have developed systems where I know what I can accomplish in a 30 minute reading, a 45 minute reading, an hour long reading. And in all of that, I always start out with a blessing that gives me an opportunity to pick up information clairvoyantly. I then will run their numerology. I don't know if I put that in the intro that I, I do numerology. No, I don't think so. So I, I, I will run your numerology and uh, see what the theme of your year is. Like, what's your birth month and birthday? Oh, me? Um, yeah. December 14th. December 14th. So three and five is eight. Ooh, you and I have the same numerology. You're cool. in your five year. Uh, which also that puts you in the archetype of the Hierophant. It's a very high spiritual year. Um, five is the midpoint in a nine-year cycle. So what you're moving through this year, and probably you're going to be recognizing it very much throughout this month, is that what has come to pass over the course of the last four and a half years, you're beginning to detach from. And instead of looking at where you have been, you're starting to shift into where you are going which that right there has been a major theme for myself as well. Five is also the token number of money and prosperity. So it elevates the monetary value of the month or of the year. Now that we're in September, you are in the apex of five. So you're in the full expression of five. We're halfway through the month. And so for the next, you know, 16 days, pay attention of how things are shifting for you. And also go for any and all financial opportunities that seem to be a green light go if there's no red flags go for it it's also a great time for purging and getting rid of interesting wow awesome little reading for myself here (laughs) and that's numerology so cool yeah you know totally I'm seeing a lot of movement this month and like what you said about sort of like leaving the last four-ish years like yeah totally I can totally see the pattern like as soon as you were talking about that. And then the uh what did you say about so the cool. purging things? Like I have yeah. been like physically been like, I need to get stuff out of this house. Like I want less things. And so I'm like, you know, you know, picking out clothes I don't wear and, and yeah. selling them or thrifting them and like doing all this stuff. So wow, very <laughs> accurate. <laughs> Just yesterday evening I'd done like a, a crap ton of laundry. I'm putting everything away and I'm putting away my like t-shirts and my shorts and stuff. I'm like, oh, it's time. I got to go through this. So 
I, I open up with the blessing. I give opening messages. I run the person's numerology, and then I go into lithomancy. And then after the lithomancy, if it's a thirty-minute reading, I will jump right into tarot cards. Cool. And that's also when I'll open up if the client has any questions, comments, or concerns. We can go in that direction, or if they're just vibing on what I have to say, then I'll continue doing what I do. For the longer sessions, I call an hour session running the gauntlet because that also allows me to do animal medicine, allows me to do archetypes, allows me to do goddesses. So the longer I can read for a person, the more modalities I can work in. But regardless, unless specifically asked by the client, they're going to get that blessing, opening messages, numerology, lithomancy, and tarot. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. You mentioned animal medicine, which is also in your bio. Can you define that for us? So this animal medicine, I have a special place in my heart with because I never chose it. Years ago, I had this amazing Akashic record session with this woman, Kathy Seed. And in that, we also uh, did chakra alignments, activations, um, accessing and also spirit animal integration. Like it was a three hour session. It's one of the coolest wow. experiences I've ever had in my life. Yeah. About three days after, give or take, I started noticing that when I would open up with my blessing, I kept seeing animals around people. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. And so I talked with a colleague. I'm like, hey, because they they were studying shamanism. I'm like, hey, um, so this is what's going on. And I'm seeing animals. I don't understand this. And so they instructed me to start working with Stephen Farmer's Animal Spirit Guidebook uh, as a reference guide. And so, I mean... I have two copies. I keep one here in the office and one in my living room because you will never retain the information on the entire animal kingdom. Yeah. But like I used that book religiously. So what had happened was I accessed a clairvoyant trigger. And so I would see an eagle around you. And the message of the eagle is that you are in the process of bringing about positive karmic change through the shift of perception within a situation. I've also built relationships with various animals over the years. Uh, Ever so often, I'll read something on an animal that doesn't resonate with me. So then I'll start asking that animal spirit. I'm like, okay, well, what is it that you're showing me? Like the porcupine. I've never, ever connected to the technical spiritual meaning of porcupine. And so one day I'm like, yo, porcupine, what's up? (laughs) And porcupine's (laughs) like, first shows me its back and its quills and its pokiness. And then it flips over on its tummy and shows a pink, soft, squishy, cuddly underbelly. I'm like, oh, this is representing we are having to present ourselves in one way, but it is not true to who we are. It is just what we're forced into having to do. 
And once I had that, then I expanded into do not punish yourself for having to act aggressively towards a situation that is not your truth. Now, this yeah. is been cultivation over the last 10 years. Um, but animal medicine, every animal in the animal kingdom has a spiritual message. Mm-hmm. They have representations. We also can have our animal guides. We can have our power animals. We can have the animals that are with us for a period of time. Yeah. What animal um, do you find yourself most drawn to? What's the first one to come to mind? Oh, I love otters. I just otters. Love them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what otters represent? Childlike wonder, happiness. Mm. They're very playful. They remind us to play, to cut loose, to have fun, to let our hair down. Yes. I love the otter. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, I'm very happy to see the otter show up for people. Yeah. So beyond seeing them clairvoyantly, I also work with the Wild Unknown Spirit Animal Oracle, which is hands down my favorite animal deck out there. Uh, Anthony uses the same deck as well. Okay, cool. Um, and are you familiar with that deck? I am not. Yeah, it's just, it is nothing more than a picture of the animal. Cool. And then they're also split up into elemental correspondences. And then like the phoenix is a representation of root chakra. And so the reason why I like this deck specifically is that I can take what Kim Kranz has written about that animal. I can also take what I've learned from Stephen Farmer about that animal. And then if I have a personal relationship with the animal as well. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool thing to add to a reading as well. Um, I think it gives such a um, great layer to of understanding to things. So very, very cool. It's fun when you get to sit with someone who's in the know, who is on their journey and and has a level of understanding because then you can get weird. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And I love I love to get weird and I still keep it very grounded. I do believe in having a healthy combination of like higher spiritual information along with fundamental grounded mundane information as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, It's actually quite a big turnoff. Sorry, not sorry. It's quite a big turnoff when a reader is just like hammering with you with all these higher spiritual concepts. Mm-hmm. and there's nothing there to ground it like I yeah. tune out I tune out <laughs> yeah yeah I can totally see that and I think you're probably right about that so no need to be sorry <laughs> cool that's really cool thank you for defining that and, and going into some more detail about that crystal wise what are some of your personal favorite crystals to work with Ooh. all right so here's the thing Part of my brand is, is simplicity and practicality. Um, it's what's worked for me. And so I'm not necessarily someone who goes out there looking for the obscure, rare crystal. It's actually, once again, another turnoff. I think that that's more of an ego thing. People are like, ooh, look at this Brazilian flower flame crackle agate. I'm like... <laughs> That ain't nothing more than fire agate with right. a fancy name attached to it. So my number one is a tie. 
between just good old clear quartz, specifically quartz generators and fluorite. Cool. Beautiful. So even, even on my desk, um, I have quartz, I have the fluorite, I have some rhodonite, hematite, uh, obsidian, lipidolite. Lipidolite, y'all, if you don't know about lipidolite. I don't. Please, please enlighten me. Lipidolite. The stone form of Xanax. So lipidolite actually has trace amounts of lithium. Ah, okay. In its mineral makeup. And it is used to calm the energetic emotional body. And it's best worn against the skin. So as a pendant, as a bracelet, or a boob stone. Boob yeah. stones are very important. I just had a black tourmaline in my bra all day today. <laughs> there you go. Black tourmaline is another favorite of mine as well. I tend to wear very grounding crystals. And like I have my set of bracelets that I wear. One is my grounding bracelets, the hematite, lava rock, obsidian, and uh, garnet. And then I also have just a garnet bracelet and a carnelian bracelet. When I go out into the world, I will also add a tourmaline and bronzite bracelet. And then underneath my shirt, I will wear lipidolite, hematite, and blue kyanite to help with communication. And then above my shirt, I will wear um, my black onyx. And all of that right there automatically goes on if I leave my house. Love that. It is to set my energy. And then depending on what I'm doing, where I'm going, if I'm going on location to do readings, I'll probably wear my labradorite. Um, if I'm just going out to socialize, I may wear some amber or bumblebee jasper to just lift up the, the mood. But I have to be very careful with those like high frequency stones because mm -hmm. I, I, I really don't need any help getting up there. Yeah. And so like wearing it all day long, I get all the jiggity. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. Um, cool. You know, it, if we can make a connection with common stones, it makes life so much easier. You know, just because you have something rare does not mean that you're cool. Mm -hmm. Just because you have something expensive doesn't mean that you're cool. And I have expensive stones. They also never leave my house. Right. Yep. You know, I have a certain set of, of crystals I take with me when I go on location. I mean, everything I do surrounds crystals. Yeah. So if I, you were I'm, going to say two stones that everybody should have in their collection, what two stones would it be? Oh, my, my, my knee jerk is to say quartz and uh, tourmaline, mm -hmm. black tourmaline. However, the educator in me would say selenite and black tourmaline. Very good. Um, selenite and black tourmaline create the yin and yang okay. uh, of grounding and cleansing. But selenite is also a wonderful stone to teach meditation. Personally, I believe the first lesson 
we should move through in spirituality is learning about grounding, shielding, and cleansing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If everyone took the time to build a relationship with those three aspects, you would find yourself having so much more success on your journey. My perception, interesting perception. Great advice for everybody listening and myself as well. I love that. Let's dive a little bit deeper just into your spirituality. Can you speak more to your relationship with spirituality in general and being a queer practitioner of witchcraft? Yes. Um, Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. So even to this day, it is sometimes hard to find my placement. I was blessed, absolutely blessed with the mentors that I have. And and many of them I have to this day. The hardest part, let's throw male into it as well. I mean, I am a masculine presenting queer practitioner mm-hmm. in a witchcraft and paganism very much is driven by the divine feminine because of what the monotheist three have done to the divine feminine many of the people i love dearly practice duality they practice the harmony of the divine feminine and the divine masculine but there are times where I have felt separate rate. Mm. Um, it is what it is. I, I think that's just going to happen in any fashion to any per- You have felt second rate in certain communities because you are a cisgendered white female. I'm a cisgendered queer male. Yep. So there's that. I have yet to find any specific practices that, see, I'm also a weird practitioner. We got to talk about that too. (laughs) Um, I am, I don't fit into any specific branch of witchcraft. Okay. Am I eclectic? Yes. Uh, do I practice Wicca? Some aspects. I mean, in a way, if you're, don't quote me guys and don't come after me when I say this. If you're practicing the wheel of the year, that's kind of wicked. You know, I practice the rule of three. That's considered wicked. I don't consider myself wicked. Gotcha. I consider myself pagan and a practitioner of witchcraft but even that has changed um i also not for nothing you know i have spent my entire gay life identifying as gay but as i've gotten older i found that i am embracing more and more the word queer i think that's more fitting for me at least but, you know, being a, a gay practitioner in a, in a female-dominant environment has had some challenges, especially with the older community, specifically. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely a hierarchy in the older community 
that really isn't as supported anymore. And I feel as though I was part of the like spiritual generation that like 2011, 2012 group of spiritualists that came in who really isn't paying much attention to the hierarchy. I was way more traditional leading up to the pandemic. I was very much a uh, ritualistic practitioner uh, working in a metaphysical shop that offered full moon open public rituals, Sabbath open public rituals. Like all we did was ritual. And I got burnt out mm. big time. And ritual is not part of my traditional ritual is not part of my practice anymore. My home in its entirety is a sacred space, which I was actually just talking about earlier today. Um, every room is set to create sacred space. Um, all you gotta do is throw on some tunes, light a few candles, and we're in sacred space. The type of work that I do doesn't require me to do a full-blown ritual. The journey that I've been on since 2020 has allowed me to really find more flushed out identity in witchcraft and paganism and spirituality. Um, I got started diving into the rabbit holes of alternate timelines and multidimensional reality mm -hmm. and how that punctuates our abilities of manifestation like that's where I'm at now I'm a wow. diviner by trade that's what I do for a living and I'm exploring the possibilities of just how much control we have over our own individual reality and that's where I'm at Ooh, fascinating right? yeah absolutely very cool thank you for sharing that like if you could step out of the ego mind of the can't and embrace the possibility of everything, that all you have to do is recognize what's aligned with your highest good and then speak that into existence. And when you do it and it happens, and then you do it again, and it happens. We start to break away from that ego mind. Oh, so awesome. So awesome. So many great little golden nuggets of wisdom throughout this episode so far. And I love it. Yay. Yeah. So you've been doing this for 10 years, as we mentioned in your bio. Wow. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about your independent work and how you made this your full-time job, especially oh switching from, you know, working at a metaphysical store to, you know, be, uh, doing it independently? Can I tell you the blessing of being able to work in a metaphysical shop, especially just starting out? Um, Kim Truitt, the owner of Enchanted Earth, gave so many people, including Anthony, their first shot. I laughed because, like, she wasn't sure if I was ready, but one of my other mentors is like, we need to bring him on now before he gets scooped up by somebody else, yada, yada, yada. And I remember I had to do 10 readings for, for regulars of the shop. Um, and I got the okay go. 
And so I started working one day a week. And during this time, right before I got brought on, I had left working in coffee and took a like part part time job working for Pier One Imports, which was one of the most horrible jobs I ever had in my life. Uh, God, I hate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was there for 16 months, and I worked just enough to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. And when I say bills, it's like the bare minimum bills. Got brought onto the shop one day a week, and then it turned into two days. And over the course of 16 months, and as I was building things. Um, one afternoon, Kim had called me and she had told me that one of the other readers had decided to take on um, a full-time job and was going to drop the part-time. And so I could come on five days a week, full-time. What's the word I'm looking for? Independent contractors. That's what it was. And so uh, you only got paid if you sat someone. And Mm -hmm. she said, you know, it may not happen today and it may not happen tomorrow, but on that next day, it'll be bigger than what you would have made in those two previous. And that stuck with me. And I took the leap. Yeah. Granted, guys, you got to understand, I'm a giant homosexual. I don't have any kids. At that mm-hmm. point in my life, I had a car that was paid for. I was living with my sister. So I was in a position to take the gamble that a lot of people don't have that luxury. Yeah, I totally hear you on that. Um, and a great thing to acknowledge, like we're all yeah. in, in really different positions sometimes. And it's fantastic that you were able to, yeah. you know, have that opportunity. I, listen, I have seen some amazing talent and I have tried to push a few people over the years to take that leap, but responsibility comes in and it's just yeah. not a practical option. You know, when you've got two kids, shoot, when you got one kid. Um, so over the course of about 16 months, give or take, not, not necessarily 16 months, it was more, it was right around a year from when I first started to when I worked full time. Yeah, it was, it, yeah. And over that span of time, I came from retail, um, working in coffee, working at Bath and Body Works, the American Eagle, all of those just fabulous places. And um, so I had no problem approaching people. And so if I wasn't with a client, then I was on the sales floor and I was helping people shop and whatnot. And I made a lot of connections that way. And then I started doing universal readings and posting it on Facebook. And that's where the Wondering Fool came to be. Oh, and I'm all about putting your money where your mouth is. And so I started tarot journaling and I saw the opportunity to take that and create the tarot 365 that I do on Instagram and on Facebook. And so what I do there is I have my perception of the card and then notes from the author of the deck that I'm using 
and then notes from my reference book, which is The Ultimate Guide to Thoreau Meaning by Bridget Esselmont. Then I started realizing that social media was a place to generate business. Yeah, perfect and, segue into our next uh, question, which is you're you are reading my mind. Um, <laughs> what's your relationship with like you you have the TikTok, instagram all of this like what is your relationship with the spiritual side of social media um well, yeah so i think that we can attack this in in two different parts first for anybody out there looking to make it as a spiritual advisor a psychic a healer an educator social media is required. My perception, interesting perception, but if it wasn't for social media, I would not be where I am. And mind you, I was in a shop for a decade where people specifically walked in to find a psychic. So I didn't have to do much. It was about keeping them. But then how do you bring them in specifically for you? And that's where social media came in. It was about eight years ago when I started really utilizing TikTok in combination, not TikTok, Instagram in combination with Facebook. And thank goodness for that because the doors of Enchanted Earth closed in February. Oh, okay. And I have been working independently ever since. And I had a decade's worth of clients to support my transition. And as the shop closed and as we were transitioning, I also stepped into the realm of TikTok. Yep. And I did not expect it to be what it's become. Um, I mean, I'm a medium fish in the sea mm -hmm. I, i'm just over 10k followers on there wow. now mind you my instagram is right over a thousand <laughs> right um my aesthetic is more geared towards tiktok the more organic just kind of get on camera and go for it yeah um my fyp videos is what exploded the if I'm landing on your FYP, this message is for you. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I mean, it's been a complete and total blessing. I am getting a ton of clients through TikTok. Uh, I go live on TikTok two to three times a week for two hours at a time. I also go live on, on Facebook twice a week to do quick little universal readings. Like today, I went live to do the weekly tarot forecast. Social media is a free tool that any independent spiritualist who's looking to step into the realm of professional really should be utilizing. That's the, the, that's the good part. Mm -hmm. Social media has also, and I believe this to be good as well, has also helped to bring spirituality into a social norm. Yes. Social acceptance, I guess I could say. I, it's really cool. I was um, at the laundromat yesterday 
as having this conversation with an older woman and a younger gentleman. And the younger guy, again, you know, he's just a straight dude living his best life. And woman and I somehow had gotten on the topic of, of Mercury retrograde and his ears perked up. And he's like, do you mind if I interject? And like, he was in the know. And to look at him, you would not think that he was in the know. That would yeah. not have happened 10 years ago. People yep. are coming into the fold. And so, yeah, Five Below is books uh, on tarot and crystals and Akashic records. And you can buy um, cleansing kits and crystals and things like that. And then you, you have Earthbound in the malls. And it's becoming commercial and it's okay. Yeah. Good and bad with it all. Mm -hmm. The bad aspect is the misinformation because here's the thing with spirituality. Any one of your listeners can listen to everything that we talked about here. All that I have said on spirituality is my perspective. Everything that's been said has 50 different perspectives. None of them are wrong. However, there are certain practices that just, how can I explain this? The element of fire is the element of fire. You can't just decide, oh, the element of fire is going to be the element of water now. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So um, a tarot deck is a tarot deck is a tarot deck. It's not the same as an oracle deck. There are just certain fundamental aspects. Grounding is grounding. Shielding is shielding. Um, Moldavite is stupid. Sorry. <laughs> Is Moldavite the one that, like, people say when you get it, it, like, turns your life upside down? Is it that one? Moldavite is a shortcut. Okay. And I have never liked Moldavite. I have had a very bad physical reaction to Moldavite. And uh, not everybody, I'm not being generalizing here. But a great many people are, are using Moldavite for the wrong reasons. My perception, interesting perception. No. Which, by the way, that, that whole thing, my perception, interesting perception, it's a way of owning what you are saying and accepting that this is solely opinion mm-hmm. and not fact. That's yeah. why you keep hearing me say it over and over again. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's the other mistruth, especially on social media, is people are... are here on social media, especially on TikTok, and trying to put things out as fact, and it just isn't. Yeah. There are some facts, but I'm talking about specific things like the whole debate with using cinnamon on the first of the month on your threshold. Mm. Come on, people, get over it. And don't even get me started about close practices. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into that. There are close practices. 100%. We're exploding with with ridiculousness as to what is and is not closed. Closed practices and closed spiritual beliefs like voodoo and voodoo and Santeria and things like that. But like someone trying to tell me that using tarot cards is a closed practice. Yeah, I've never even heard that before. So I, that, that's a whole, like, 
whatever. Yeah, social can um, be very polar polarizing in that way, I think. And yeah. um, the other thing that I, I feel like is really important, especially in the spiritual community and in social is using discernment. So if you're, you know, scrolling and you're seeing, you know, some of these things that you're talking about is like, just wait for a second before you accept that whoever you're seeing on your for you page is fact and just being like, wait, okay. And thinking about it a little bit before just being like, okay, I guess that's true. And just, you know, moving on, scrolling on. Right. It's just like, you know, there are those who are, who are chastising people who are using throw and Oracle cards. And they're like, Oh, you're not a real psychic. You shouldn't be doing that. Why, why are we gatekeeping? Great why question. not encourage them and maybe even help and assist them? And that's another thing, especially with my platform on TikTok, is I'm there to educate in a digestible way. Nothing is finite. Anything that I say, if it resonates, take it and run with it. If it doesn't, it's completely okay. These are just the things that I've had success with. Yeah. And I think that's a great point with, even with this podcast, like, you know, I'm bringing like lots of different points of view, lots of different people's practices on. And if you're listening and somebody's practice just doesn't resonate, that's okay. It just doesn't resonate, you know, like, yeah, like take what, take what resonates and, and just kind of leave the rest, you know? It's also these gatekeepers. I've seen some stuff recently about, whether or not you're a real witch yeah um oh man do you know what is required to be a witch there's this very sacred statement i am a witch that's all it takes is deciding i want to explore this Mm -hmm. so the 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 generational witches the blood witches you're cute I have lineage that goes back to Salem. That don't impress me much. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Totally. I, I so want to write a book. Um, excuse me for saying a mild, bleak, naughty word. I want to write a book called The Asshole Spiritualist. I love that idea. <laughs> and target all of these specific themes. Like I have some some, some blunt, jaded perspectives on some aspects of spirituality because it's just been blown out of proportion. The next the next time someone's like, so I'm an empath, tell me what you're doing with it. My perspective, right. interesting perspective, we're all empathic to some degree. Yeah, so I totally believe of, that. Instead of using empath as an excuse as to why you're a hot mess, what are you doing with it so that you can become better? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh, they're either going to love me or they're going to hate me out there. Uh, well, I love the idea of the book. I totally think that you should do that. You know, anybody listening with book connections, let us know. Let's make it happen. Yeah. That's, um, that's one of my next biggest goals. I, um, again, I have a decade's worth of like workshops and things, and it's all handwritten. I have journals upon journals upon journals. I am not that technical person. Um, I have a few book ideas and I have material. I just need someone to, I, 
stay away from the words want and need. I desire someone who is going to assist with trans, uh, translating it from handwritten to book form. Yeah. Because yeah. that is beyond my pay grade. Yeah, totally. But, and everything is going to be um, branded around the Wondering Pool. The Wondering Pool's practical guide. So, Colby, why do you think that psychic work is important? Well, I mean, from my own testimony, it, it was an aspect that helped to save my life. It helped me with healing. I am a psychic. I'm a proud psychic. But I, I more so resonate with spiritual advisor, spiritual counselor, because that's at the end of the day what we're doing. We are in the age of Aquarius. Our society is awakening whether we want to or not. I mean, it's clear. Look at the last three years. Haley, you're psychic. So many people out there are completely and totally comfortable with saying, I am intuitive but something happens when they switch it to I am psychic. It's ego. Yeah. Ego yeah. steps in. Because when you yeah. think about psychic, so you think about the Long Island medium, you think about all of these gallery psychics, you think about uh, people with telepathy. So pop culture has put this perspective on the word psychic that has made it almost unattainable. And so we go into the, I can't, I'm not. Weirdly been taught not to be special and not to be different. And I was trying to explain this recently and I kept wanting to say, you know, we, we have formed this perspective that to be psychic is a superpower. That's true. We're not talking about movie magic. We're not talking about you know, the Charm Sisters, but like um, when you're deep in conversation and random thoughts that are completely unrelated to the conversation enter your mind, or you keep seeing images of something completely unrelated, and so we just ignore it. That's our neurodivergent minds at play. That's clairvoyancy. Psychic ability is so natural, we don't recognize it. It is important to, to, to have psychics in, in our society. But the truth is, we all are. It's just yeah. being taught to access it and to step away from ego. When you yes. step away from ego, and guys, I, I hope you understand when I say this, Step away from ego. When you get an intuitive hit, you often are not going to say anything because you're afraid you're going to be wrong. What if you stepped away from that fear and you started speaking your intuition more, more frequently? Mm -hmm. And then you start to see how right you are. That is stepping away from ego. Yes. I'm going to be wrong. Every time I sit down with a client, there is a possibility that I'm going to be wrong. And I'm at peace with that. Every wrong 
there's four or five rights. Yeah, absolutely. When we step away from being wrong, when we step away from that negative ego, we stop censoring ourselves and we start looking at the possibilities. Yes, totally, totally, totally. Yep. You know, we're so afraid of being wrong. We're so afraid of being judged. Guess what? No matter what we do, someone right now listening to this podcast is judging us both. <laughs> yep, probably. And that's on period, as the kids say. <laughs> I, it is what it is. Are yep. you going to live a life being afraid of judgment and, and, and being wrong? Or are you just going to see what fucking happens? Sorry. Oh, that's um, okay. That's okay. My life has changed. Yeah. Who I was prior to my awakening. Mm-hmm. I'm still silly. I'm still goofy. I can't help it. My first name's a cheese. <laughs> it's not easy being cheesy. Um, but the way I look at life and the way that I approach everything and, and as the years go by and unlocking new ideas and new concepts um, is a whole simplicity and practicality came from my own chaos i had two back-to-back horribly toxic relationships and i used to be super codependent after that second relationship i'm like i'm done i am done with this misery Mm um you know the partner my partner that passed was the man i was going to spend the rest of my life with and we were imperfectly beautiful together. Um, I spent about six years trying to replace that. And after that last relationship, I'm, I'm just like, this isn't worth it. I'm ready to find out what happiness is on my own. And that in itself has been a beautiful journey. Yeah. Um, but even in that, the steps to creating simplicity and getting rid of toxic influences. It's not about how many friends you have. It's not about how many cool people you know. Um, my circle is the smallest it's ever been. And knock on wood, I can't tell you the last like significant major drama that had happened or even what it was um i have beautiful friendships i mean you got to interview anthony mm-hmm. he's like my number one gay witchy bestie yeah he's the like best. i've got i've got my my gay boy witch and i got my straight boy witch uh-huh <laughs> they're both my number ones i have amazing friendships and I can say with honesty, every single one of the significant people in my life are all spiritually driven. Um, And just continuing to evolve and to change. Um, I'm going to be 44 in like three weeks. And I am the most outlandish 
and colorful I've ever been in my life with my periwinkle hair and my matching nails. Love it. Um, That's awesome. You know, self-expression. And not being afraid to peacock. Mm -hmm. And finding empowerment in who you are today. Like, this is all spirituality. And none of it is what's being taught to us. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah. Cool. We live in a society where we tear each other down to feel better. Oh, it's exhausting. It shouldn't happen. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-mm. Um. Yeah. All great stuff. So, last question for you here: What can someone life. who's listening right now mm-hmm. do in their daily life to open their door Ooh, a little bit okay. more to their own abilities? Okay. Help me stay on track with this. <laughs> all right. So, everybody, I want you to get your pens, your pencils. Your, your writing materials out. I'm going to give you some secrets. Every night before you go to bed, recite, I awaken in the timeline that is most beneficial to my highest and greatest good. In the morning, when you wake up, recite, I have awakened in the timeline that is most beneficial to my highest and greatest good. Find a a journaling technique that works for you. If it doesn't work, if it doesn't inspire you, that's fine. For me, it's tarot journaling. I do it five mornings a week. Go to your local crystal shop, your local metaphysical shop. Don't look at books, don't research, don't do any of that crap. Go in there blind. Take the time to walk around until you find a crystal that you are undoubtedly drawn to. Pick it up, see how it feels, and then look into it. Don't buy a bunch of crystals all at once. Just get one and work with it. It's not about how much you have. It's what you know about the stuff you have. It is okay to not resonate with something that you're being told. Ground, shield, cleanse. As I said beginning earlier, if we can learn about grounding, shielding, and cleansing, learn about the importance of creating sacred space and figure out what it means to you. Workshops, if you can, Take tons of workshops. Some of them are going to suck. Eventually, you're going to get to a point where you probably know more than the person teaching the workshop. Stop judging because of a difference of perception. You are responsible for the energy that you carry. Love that. If you are not happy, you're at the core of that. If you are not fulfilled, you are at the core of that. It is not your job to save the world. It is your job to connect with those you're meant to connect with. Don't get pissy when you're trying to spiritualize someone and they're not listening. 
they don't have to the martyrdom and spirituality the involving yourself in things that have nothing to do with you that is a toxic trait right there yeah you are responsible for the energy that you carry if you want to be happy don't look at anybody else's arms to do that colby incredible yeah. advice so much goodness here i absolutely that's, love it that's what um, happens when you get old <laughs> it's a good thing it's a good thing uh, yeah um so where can listeners find you all right so i am available virtually or by phone seven days a week um you can find me on two places on facebook for spiritual stuff, you're going to want to check out the Wondering Full Spiritual Advisor. However, um, to book appointments with me through Facebook, you'll want to find Colby Parish. That's C-O-L-B-Y, yes, like the cheese, Parish, P-A-R-R-I-S-H. For some reason, the way I have Wondering Full set up, I can't do like video chat or phone calls there. Um, on Instagram, you can find me at the Wondering Fool 333, as well as TikTok, the Wondering Fool 333. On Mondays, I go live on TikTok at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Mystical Mondays, which is kind of like a uh, divination for donation. And then on Thursdays, tomorrow night on TikTok, um, my sister and I, and my sister Jamie is a Reiki master and she practices a druidic path. We do our twin Libra chat. We're both Libras. Real creative, I know. Um, <laughs> and it's just kind of a, a, an open forum discussion on spirituality. Uh, and then when I can on Saturdays, I do another evening of uh, divination for donation. Tuesdays, I go live at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Wondering Fool Spiritual Advisors page on Facebook for the weekly energy reading with the Wild Unknown Spirit Animal Oracle. And then on Wednesdays, over on Facebook on the uh, Enchanted Earth Facebook page, I do the weekly tarot forecast, which eventually that will be going over to the Wondering Fools page as well. Both of those are just quick, like 20 minute in and out. Here's the message. Have a good day. Um, I'm available seven days a week for private readings, both virtually or by phone. For more information about that or to book an appointment with me, find me on Facebook, Instagram, or the Tickies of the Talkies. TikTok, I'm going to still shift you to Facebook or Instagram. Well, you're everywhere. So that's great. People should be yeah. able to easily find you and, and follow you. So awesome. So thank you so, so much for, for coming on and giving us all your wisdom and telling us your story. Yeah. Good times. Good time. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want more from opening the door podcast, don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Instagram at opening the door podcast. And remember, don't be afraid to open your door.